Hello, everybody. How's it going? My name is Tim. I am a referee through New York State, and I uh, referee rugby. And um, due to different circumstances for my life, I am really not able to referee much rugby. So I figured I've been doing it for about five years. I like to think about it a little bit, you know, more, and I like to effectively people manage rather than I'd like to get all the laws correct, um, which helps to get the laws correct. But um, I, what I'm going to do with this podcast is I am going to effectively do it on my work commute. I've got about 15, 20 minutes to work and back. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to work through the basics of the um, of refereeing rugby. Hopefully you get something from it. If you don't, that's okay too. You don't have to listen. It's great. It's a free country. Um, so I am uh, just starting this podcast, and I'm going to work my way through the level one course, just through different topics and through different interpretations that I have, um, as well as some random snippets that I think of. Um, and then I'll work through the level two as well. So my credentials are I have um, refereed since 2013, um, pretty much full time. I stopped playing at the end of 2012. Um, I did well in New York State, but then I went overseas and I lived in Australia for all of 2014. And that really helped because I got about 70 games in in that season. I got some of the best coaching I could have ever asked for. Then I came home and did well and um, kind of skirted the B panel and whatever and it's one of those things that I never put the work in to really do it, but I love the aspect of thinking about it and getting better at it from a mental perspective. And that's one thing that I always enjoyed. Um, so yeah, why do I like refereeing? Um, now I will say this, there is nothing like working really hard for 80 minutes and then working with your team and putting that, that, effort in and just pulling out this massive win and coming through in the right moment and being celebrated by 14 other guys on the field and everybody on the sidelines cheering for you as well because it's a team effort. There's nothing that beats that, but there is a certain aspect of walking into a game, knowing it's going to be a grudge match, and just communicating really, really, really effectively and coming through that and I've had a conversation with a captain where I was in Australia and I uh, really just went into this game not knowing anything like I just I was told where to go I was told the level of play which meant nothing to me because it was my second game there and it was this I found out later that it was this team I think it was Riverside that had split off from West's, I think was the, the branch. And they had a grudge match because they didn't like each other. And there was the one team that had been like, screw you guys, we're going to go create our own club. And it was a grudge match. So this game was not very close, actually. For the first 20 minutes, maybe it was a bit heated. But after that, it just kind of, the team that, I think West's beat them up pretty significantly. I can't even remember. But I remember I had a conversation with the losing captain, and it was their home side. It was at their pitch. And 
I just went up to him and I said, hey, thank you very much for helping me out there. I really, I really appreciate your leadership. And, um, and he's like, yeah, you know, and he was bummed, but he just said, you know, like I kind of said to him something. I said, I really think that there's a fine line between a, a punch, a punch up and a great game of rugby. And he's like, yeah, that, that one probably should have been a punch up. And it just struck me as I walked away that I'm like, hey, I get to take full credit because that game was not a brawl that ended after 15 minutes. It was a competitive game that battled to the last minute, had some fantastic tries in it, and I will always remember the amount of intensity that went into that game, but I looked at that and said, I was the difference there. In my six years of experience, six years of experience of refereeing, I have seen a lot of different games that I would have managed differently. And some of them came out perfectly fine. Some of them, no issue. And some of them were bad. Some of them were like, okay, this is tanking slowly. So I really enjoy the fact that as a referee, you have a lot of control, but I don't like the control. I like how people use it. You know, I I read this book recently. It's called Verbal Judo. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I think Thompson was his last name. And he, um, excellent book for anybody, anywhere, really. But I found it interesting because he, he was, started out his career and he worked through, college obviously went through, to uh, be an English professor for about uh, 10, 15 years, something like that. Then at 35, he became a, um, a police officer. And there's certain aspects in this book that are amazing, but what he really talks about is the levels of escalation that happen and that you need to work with and that you know you need to understand and empathize with people's perspectives but there is a certain process to it and I found that this was very really interesting I'm I'm sure I'll refer back to this book later on but as a police officer you have so much force that you can use you have so much power that you can exhibit but oftentimes, he, the, the, one of the first sentences he said is, one of the most dangerous things on the police force is what he calls a cocked tongue. You know, and it's your tongue and the way that you manner, you, you communicate is far more effective and far more harmful than a pistol in his case, and, um, through lethal force. So I thought it was very interesting just to, there's a lot of good in that book. Um, another thing he talked about is verbal compliance. Like, basically, I don't care what I have to say to get you to do it, but as long as you're doing what I want you to do, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. <clears throat> it's definitely worth a pickup. It's a blue book, verbal judo. Um, the guy's trained thousands of police officers, really, in just interpersonal communication. And it's incredibly effective if you're thinking of refereeing or if you're thinking of doing whatever or just communicating with your spouse, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. It's just really simple communication skills and it's um, really just good stuff. So if you're ever looking for a book to read, that's a good one. Um, but um, what else? What's the highest level that I've ever refereed at? Um, I, uh, Being in New York State, I've done the high school boys championships, the state championships, I think three times. Um, here's the thing though. I mean, I've gone and done some very excellent levels. I've refereed in Canada a couple times. I, I've 
flown out and did a couple games at the state, the, the national championships two years ago. Um, all great experiences. All had a lot of fun. Um, the thing about it, though, is having met some of the best referees in the world. I have met uh, Craig Joubert. I've met Chris Pollock. I've met Nigel Owens. Um, I think that's pretty much all I've met. Um, having met them, they have the same approach to any game, like whether it's the most important game or the least important game that ever happened. Because Craig Bear said this, he said, in the players' minds, it doesn't matter what game is happening next to them, whether it's the firsts and they're the C's or whatever, the, 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 the third side. The game that they're in right now is the World Cup final. And there is no debate to that. That is their most important game that is ever there. So they give, hopefully, hopefully, they, they really care about the outcome of the game. And as I continue on and go through different ideas and projects, I, I think it's real interesting because I've, I've talked a lot, I will talk a lot about how to approach things and the wording that you really use. And I really think the most interesting thing is you have to really give a fuck. You have to. Like, if you don't care what the outcome is, and trust me, I've refereed games that I don't care what the outcome is, but if you can use that to your advantage, that you're not really caring who wins, you're caring about the game of rugby. We are the people that demand respect for the game. So in one interesting aspect that I use in my pregame chat, at some levels, I don't use it at all, but I will chat with the players, do my scrum captain, I'm looking to communicate through you, if we can do that, that's fantastic. Um, And then I say, hey captain, the crazy thing about this is we're actually on the same team here, we're working, I mean, I'm, we're working towards the same goal, we're not on the same team, excuse me. Your goal as a captain is to um, put up more points than the other guy, right? Your job is to put up more points than the other guy and orchestrate your team that way, right? Yeah. Your goal is to play the best game of rugby you possibly can, right? Well, perfect, because my goal is to watch the best game of rugby that we possibly can. However, my job today is I've got to remove all the crap that you're doing that's not rugby. Does that make sense? So if we're working together and working towards that same goal, the best game of rugby possible, if I say, Captain, fix it, I'm not angry at you. I'm not even annoyed at you. I'm just saying, Captain, it's up to you to fix it because you know how I'm going to manage it. Captain, look, I've got a whistle and I've got two cards. That's how I'm going to manage it. And obviously it goes from the whistle to the yellow cards and to the red card, and we go from there. I don't want to do that. I want to watch the best game of rugby. So we're on the same team here. If we can communicate that way and get through that obstacle, all of a sudden we have effective communication. It's not the ref hates us or it's us versus the referee. No, I've definitely had games where people don't understand the law and they blame the referee and they say, well, the ref's out to get us or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't understand offsides. You know, it's fine. But I, I think it's interesting just to, if you can turn it that way so that it's, hey, it's not you versus me, it's us. It's we are working towards the same goal. I remember one game where I used that line and I said to the captains, and they kind of got a laugh out of it because they're like, oh, that makes sense. You know, we're working towards the same goal, whatever. 
first half, I had probably maybe two to one penalties against one side. They were just not getting on sides. They had two yellow cards for stupid penalties, just lazy penalties. And I looked at the captain at halftime right before I walked off, which is a great time to manage if you ever get a second. Hey, captain, let's just work on this. All of a sudden, you notice I'm using inclusive. Hey, let's work on this. We can work. We can do better on this. I know that, you know, we can get better. I say, hey, captain, I would love it if we could fix this. This is the same stuff. It's very lazy penalties, and I know you can fix it. I know, and I know that you know your team can do better. And he's like, "We got it." And at halftime, I remember they had just gotten their second yellow card back on, and they were losing seventeen to three. And at the end of the game, and the other team was very consistent throughout. They were not really changing much. At the end of the game, the game was—I I hate to admit this because I know my referee compadres will roast me for it, but it was a 33-33 tie or something. It was a tie, a 33 or 34. And I hated it, and it was the first game of the season, so it ended on a tie. It wasn't playoffs, so we didn't get in going extra innings. But the way that game was going, I would have loved to go for another 80 minutes. It was so much fun towards the end of it. But because, I think mainly because I used inclusive discussions, I talked to them and said, look, this is our goal. That second 40 minutes was brilliant. I had a great time refereeing it, and I think they had a great time playing it. I think they were all sad to see it end, regardless of how it ended. And that's the goal. The goal is to communicate to people to get to that point and not points less than that. And that's the goal. You know, it's that old adage, we aim for perfection knowing full well that we will never attain it. So um, I think that's the point. That's, that's the idea in refereeing to really get into that and to say that's what we shoot for every single game whether it's kids whether it's high school whether it's college whether it's whether you're refereeing for the Eagles or the the All Blacks it's you aim for perfection knowing full well that you won't achieve it so I think that's the first thing I gotta go and I'm pulling up to work so I'll talk to you guys later and we're back. No, it's it's weird to say we're back because it's eight hours later and the whole day has gone by. But um, so I was talking about I don't even know. But the uh, so the reason that I named this podcast Thirty First is I have no idea where I heard it first, but it's a refereeing adage that you are not meant to be the number one player on the team. You are meant to be the 31st player on the team, on the, on the pitch. So you are not the person who is important. You are not... You are really just there to be a servant of the game. And um, it's weird to say that because I don't think a lot of people fully understand what that means. Um, I think the people look at it and are just like, oh, whatever, it's fine, it'll be no big deal. I, I, I just go in and do my power trip and kind of get through the day and you referee as well as you can and everything goes smoothly but I uh, I've seen people referee from a power perspective and I've seen really bad games and I've seen people referee from a legalistic perspective where I've seen them argue afterwards about the law being the law and I watched this training video and this is what the training video says and it's 
I think the basic tenets of refereeing are if you are in it to make yourself a big deal, you're in the wrong ballpark. If you're in it to help the game, it's a great start. It's a great start because if you're in it to help the game and you're willing to be there and you're willing to put in the work, then the game will reward you so much. And I think that's the biggest thing that people struggle with in this aspect is that they, they look at it and they're like, well, I don't want to get yelled at. Okay, well, first off, if, if you're not out to get yelled at, you might want to just go crawl under a rock and never do anything, ever. Like, you, you, if you have a job, you're going to muck up on that job sometime by trying too hard or trying too little or whatever. You're going to fail. Okay, so essentially you're saying, I don't want to fail, which means that you will never attempt anything. So... I really got to wrap my head around this and be like, okay, you don't want to get yelled at. Then work hard. Because if, guess what? I've noticed this, and this goes for refereeing or parents or whatever. If you go and you bust your ass and you really try and you look like you're trying, guess what happens? Yeah, people bitch you if you fuck up a call, but guess what? You tried. You did your best. I remember this guy, his name was Luke. I'm trying to remember his last name, but I'm blanking. But Luke took, gave me some advice. It was like my second week of refereeing overseas. And I, he sat me down and he's like, look, man, let's get a coffee. And this was like the top guy. I, I could tell that, you know, he knew what he was doing. And he had some very, very, you know, good games under his belt. And I was like, all right, I'm going to shut up and listen. And I have a feeling that I was making a nuisance of myself, being like, I gotta get these courses, I gotta get these courses under my belt. When I was like, and he said, dude, first off, the courses are not while you're here. And I'm like, they're not? And he's like, no, courses are not while you're here. You are here to just love the game. At the end of this year, while you're here, I really hope that you are at a point, all I hear, all I, I hope that all I hear said about you um, is that you love the game and that you are willing to do any game and pick up anything just to you traveled all this way just to referee rugby and that is something else that's all I want to hear about you and that really helped me because I literally just shut up and picked up every game I could I got to do a couple courses I got to do a refereeing and a coaching course and I got to learn a lot of the basics and it helped me understand from a couple different perspectives but the main thing that I took away from that was I all of a sudden went from this referee who talked constantly and it was so annoying. I remember I, to this, I ended up being this referee who could go as long as they could without talking. And it was just incredibly effective. And I think the reality of the situation is drive, sweetie, it's green. People walking by. Um, the reality of the situation is we don't want I, I don't really care how you become a good referee. I care about you being effective and I care about you being respected. Because if the referee is not respected, guess what? The game is not respected. Because you are the living embodiment of the game. Our job is to go and remove all the crap that isn't rugby and to communicate that effectively to people that are in the middle of the game, that their blood is up, and they're not really up for listening. 
That's why we have big whistles, tiny little whistles that make incredibly loud noises and we blow it in their ears so they stop and listen. Um, but yeah, I think it's about being effective. And I, um, I remember one game, I can't remember who it was. It was Buffalo versus Rochester. Now, one of the biggest, this is a big rivalry, it was for one and two in the competition or whatever, but one of the biggest things that I want to talk about the next 10 minutes or so is you are, like I just said, you want to be respected. I'll come back to the game in a second. You want to be, I want you to be respected and I want you to, as you are the embodiment of the game, I want to be respected. Respect is such a big part of it. Respect is such a big part of this game. So the moment that you walk onto the pitch, the moment you pull up in your car, the moment you do arrive on the scene, however you do, these two people are judging you. These two groups of men or women are judging you. Your competence is immediately coming into question. Are you tall? Are you short? Are you well-groomed? Are you sloppy? Are you driving a, you know, an old jalopy? Are you, you know, driving a tractor? Who? It doesn't matter. How you greet the teams, where you go, how comfortable you look, how confident you appear. All these things are being judged. Now, I believe that when we pull up, before they even see us, and they don't know our name, who we are, or don't, haven't heard anything about us, or whatever, we start at 100%. Our credibility is beyond reproach, because they have no idea who the hell you are. So they have to believe that you have 100% credibility. The moment you pull onto the field, that starts to degrade. Now, sometimes it stays at 100 you know, I I enjoy the reputation of being a pretty good ref. So I got, you know, people enjoyed me as a ref. I have fun doing it. I work hard. I get I like to get better at it. So say you walk, pull up and your car backfires as you turn it off or something like that. And it's just, okay. Oh, God, is that the ref? You have to put yourself in their shoes and really try to understand what they're thinking and how you're appearing. Okay, another thing from verbal judo is between me talking to someone and them listening to what I'm saying or us having a conversation, there are something like six different perspectives to it. But the only one that matters is how what I'm saying is being received. So if I'm person A and I'm talking to you, person B, the only thing that matters is how you receive what I'm saying. If you think I'm an arrogant prick, then... That's how you take it. I don't mean to be a prick if I am, um, but that's beside the point. Um, so I think respect is what it's all about. And I recall one time in this game that I, I talked, started talking about 10 minutes ago. Um, the first half, these are two very competent teams. And I, um, I'd refereed them before recently. I think both of them within the last two weeks, two weeks previous to the date or so. Um, and these teams are going at it. And there's shoving after the play, and there's, you know, a little bit of this and that. You know, just all the afters and stuff like that. And all the good signs of a highly contested game, you know. And they're bitching about it. And they're complaining and complaining, and I'm seeing it. And I'm. it's not worth calling them out about it yet. And these two guys are... Bitching, 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 bitching. 
and I'm talking and trying to talk them through it. And I said to the captains, pull the captains in, captains, can we just stop this afterwards? I really just want to play the game and I want to focus on the game. I don't want to focus on this. And uh, so we're going in about 10 minutes left in the half. And I don't know why, but this guy literally walked or kind of jogged back to his place getting on sides. And he's probably like three feet away from me. And he just said, sir. And this is the 75th, 75,000th time, you know, sir had been called in my ear. A bit too close. Someone struck a nerve. And I just pointed at him because I didn't need to look at him. I was watching the ball. I pointed at him and I said, stop talking right the fuck now. And I yelled it. I didn't say it like that. I, I yelled it. But I didn't even look at him. Everybody shut up and kept playing the game. And I could have... The thing is, there's a thousand ways I could have handled it. And that was like the worst one. You know? Not the worst one, but it was pretty darn close. So, I handled that really poorly. We finished the game. We finished the half. And I was like, wow, I'm really unhappy with how this game is going. I'm getting frustrated. The players are seeing me get frustrated. That means that I'm losing credibility and I'm losing respect. So, in that halftime, and the referee, you know, one is the loneliest number. We're, we're hanging out away from everybody. Nobody wants to talk to us. There's no management that needs to happen right then. You, I just needed to kind of crawl back into my own head and be like, okay, let's, let's wisen up. How do we want this game to go? What do I need to do to get this control back? Because them with their tongues is controlling it. And if I battle them with my tongue, I'm just going to be fighting their battle. And they've already won because that's their battle. They're good at that. So I recall something a friend of mine once said, Mike Willis, and he said, Tim, what happens when you talk too much? I said, it becomes white noise. It becomes annoying. They don't even listen to you after a while. He's like, okay, so here's the challenge for you. Go as long as you can without saying a word. And in that overcast fall day, that kind of just pierced through. And I was like, okay, that is what I need to do. So as we kick off the second half, is it captain anything? No, I don't think I said that. I just kind of was ready to go. I pointed at the captain. He gave me a thumbs up. Pointed at the other captain. He gave me a thumbs up. Blew the whistle. And I went, I think, 12 minutes without saying a word. They complained. I just shook my head and shrugged. Just made motions for scrum, knock on, penalty. Just let your motions do the talking. And it was interesting because either they thought I was really pissed off, which I was, but I wasn't really, you know, I had it back under control. Or they just realized that I was ready to, you know, do business. So I don't know what it was. It doesn't really matter what it was. What matters was that I was able to regain or at least hold steady with the level of respect that they were giving me. We finished the game and the correct team won. And no calls that I made made the difference. Or me swearing at the guy never made the difference. And I do wish that I would have gone up to him afterwards and said, Hey, I, I want to apologize. That's not how I should have handled it. However, I, I didn't. Um, but that's the beauty of refereeing. 
you know, at the end of refereeing, you, at the end of a game, you didn't have a perfect game. You never have a perfect game. And guess what? You have something to work on. You know? So, above all, I think the whole goal is to work hard, show the players you're working hard, and really are trying to navigate it because it's really difficult to do. It is not an easy gig to do. So, that's pretty much it. Um, about that. I think that the respect is primary in what you're doing. Um, your preparation is important. But I think just like anything, it gets easier. I think one of the best practices that I ever had as a referee was write down three things I didn't like about the game. Three things I wanted to work on and three things that I did well. You know? One, guy, one time this guy came over and I was like on my my way to, I can't remember what it was, it was one of the last games that I had for the season or something like that, and I just butchered quite a few calls in it, and the right team won, and it wasn't a big deal, and it was, you know, but the guy came over, and he was yelling at me from the sideline the whole time, and he says, you were out of position, you were behind the play, and you weren't quick enough off of the starting gate, so really, like, you were out of position a lot, which led to a lot of things. And I looked at him, and I said, thank you for that constructive criticism. Because we don't get a lot of it around here. We don't have a lot of coaches, and we don't have, you know, we don't have enough refs to cover the games as it is. So, thank you. I appreciate it, and I will take it into consideration, and I will definitely... And guess what? I've always been slow on my feet. Some of the best things I ever did was literally be like, okay, the moment the ball is thrown on the line out, move your ass. Um... But that helped me. Like, I took the three things. I mean, I remember after that I was freezing. So I went back into my car and I wrote down the three things he said. And I wrote down a couple ways to improve on it. And then I wrote down three things that I felt were good, that were confident, that I was confident with. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that's, that's a good start. You know, I can get, I'll get more into detail about, you know, journaling and things like that later on. But I think the important thing for the start of it is to just understand, first off, that you're not going to be perfect. That's a big one. Two, work hard. If you're working hard and the players see you working hard, guess what? You could really fuck up, but you're working hard and they see that. That, that come across in so many ways and it's amazing to me how many people don't do that they bitch about how they're you know walking and their hands are on their knees and they're, they're you know I, and I understand if, if the game is fast beyond you put your hands on your knees when you're friggin exhausted but guess what they're seeing you do that if you're tired and you ran for five minutes you might be in the wrong game but if you're working hard and you're doing what you can to maintain respect and treat these players like human beings, it's really a lot of fun. So, And I am home. That is me calling it for the day, guys. Um, I hope that you guys got something out of this. I know I'm all over the place. I will come back better prepared tomorrow um, with a bit of an outline and ideas of what I'm doing right now. I'm just spitballing. So, um, again, thank you for listening. And, um, yeah, everybody have a good night.